Welcome to Film Fam, inspired by true events. I'm Zoe. I'm Brian. I'm Heather. Uh, and today we're going to be doing the companion minisode for this week's episode on the Goonies. Uh, with me here today is our very, very special guest, Heather Gray. Hello. And dog. <laughs> Hi, Heather. Yeah, I, I meant to. Uh, I meant to notify, warn, prepare our listeners. Uh, Heather cannot be here today as a, as a host, so Zoe and I are going to have to host. Instead, we bring you special guest Heather Gray. <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me on the podcast. Thanks for coming. Uh, are you familiar with the format? Uh, why don't you spell it out for me? We're just going to okay. be asking you a few questions about your relationship to the movie Goonies and your special area of expertise. All right. Um, which might be an interesting tie-in. Um, so during the movie, The Goonies, uh, there is a song by Cindy Lauper, and I think it, it plays on the TV, and I, they watch part of it in the movie, which is funny because they are also in the music video that they are watching. Um, <laughs> but Cindy Lauper wrote this song, and it has this really fun two-part, uh, like, long video. And... It has, it has the Bengals in it, um, and it has Steven Spielberg in it, but it also has a lot of famous pro wrestlers. Um, it has Andre the Giant. It has Captain Lou Albano. It has the fabulous Moolah. Um, among others, Wendy Richter, just a whole lot of Rowdy, Rowdy famous, Piper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pro wrestlers. Nikolai. Volkov, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Iron Sheik, yes, yep. <laughs> and more. And they, you know, hang out with with Cindy and also the kids from the Goonies. So by proxy, it's like you hung out with the Goonies because you, in fact, were a pro wrestler. And what? you have a connection to some of these people, don't you? I do, actually. Um well, I wrestled people who wrestled Wendy Richter, my trainer, uh, Liz Chainsaw Chase. <laughs> she uh, wrestled Wendy Richter. At the time in the 80s, Wendy was like the most popular woman's wrestler. And I would say Mula was the most popular uh, woman's wrestler before Wendy. And China was the most popular woman's wrestler after. And I wrestled China. My trainer wrestled Wendy and Mula trained my trainer. So, so I you're have... basically the granddaughter. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 Mula's granddaughter. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh so that's my connection to the pro wrestling aspect of the Goonies. Wow. I have a lot of questions. What got you into pro wrestling? Was it like since you were a kid you were like, I want to grow up and be a pro wrestler? Or did you watch a lot of pro wrestling or um no, I had no plans to be a pro wrestler at all. <laughs> Not one. Um, in the 80s, wrestling was much more um, in the pop culture, just like you can see in Goonies. There's this whole tie-in. And, mm -hmm. you know, Hulk Hogan was in Rocky, one of the Rocky movies. And so even if you weren't into pro wrestling, it was still something that just, there's lots of tie-ins to other media that you might know. And it was just spread out, even if you weren't a fan. I did become a fan um, later on. A boyfriend liked it, and I got into it then. 
And so I was a fan before I started pro wrestling. I was a pretty big fan. I watched WWF, WCW um, every week. I had my favorite wrestlers. Who are your favorite wrestlers? Well, Shawn Michaels. I really liked, um, although he was not that great when I first started watching wrestling, but he, he had his moment in the sun. Oh, well, there's different levels of greatness. I mean, when Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty were uh, tag teaming as the Rockers. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's greatness. <laughs> the Rockers. I, I, I took, I took my, uh, my t-shirts and I cut the sleeves into, uh, into the strips. So they were like, uh, uh, like frilly and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> They were great. I also loved Owen Hart, uh, mm. rest in peace, and The Rock once he came on as Rocky Maivia and The Rock. I those and Cactus Jack, who also was Mankind. So I, I had a lot of different people that I liked. I was thinking about what you were saying about pro wrestlers being in pop culture. I think they definitely were a lot more in the eighties. I'm thinking the only ones I can think of right now who are also like just big like public figures and in movies and stuff there's still the rock um right. john cena is right. really big he's That's in true. you know in blockers in psych um and right. also like ronda rousey is she was in the fast and the furious movies but there's not as many i wouldn't say it's like as maybe widespread in pop culture now maybe because people know more now about the acting side of it i don't right. know um kayfabe is what that is called. So when I was wrestling, kayfabe was still in effect. Although I think officially it wasn't because Vince McMahon, uh, the president of the WWF, had to testify that it was fake um, in a trial that had something to do with whether they had to have insurance or pay people things based on if it was a real sport. And so he mm -hmm. had to testify that it wasn't but even after that, a lot of people still thought it was real because they didn't really pay attention to this trial. <laughs> sure. And they didn't publicize the trial. But so when I started wrestling, kayfabe was like the world, everyone that watches the audience, the audience is your mark and you are pulling one over on them and you have to be secret about the fact that you aren't these characters because when you're on stage, right? As an actress, you know this, you have to stay in character. Pro wrestlers right. are staying in character, but because they're they're also supposed to be in character all the time. It's not supposed to be on stage. It's supposed to be in character all the time. So you're never allowed around normal people, around marks or whatever, to come out of character. So if you're traveling, you're not allowed to, like enemies aren't supposed to hang out with each other. You're supposed right. to stay in character all the time. The closest thing I can think of is like certain like musician, like Lady Gaga is, lady gaga which is a performance but we also know that she's stephanie germanata under that and wouldn't be like why aren't you acting like lady gaga at all times i thought that was just who you were as a person but like people really did feel that way about pro wrestlers yeah in a big way i mean people really i don't know why i didn't think it was real but a lot of people really <laughs> thought it was real to the point where like they would try to kill wrestlers uh re pro wrestlers would get stabbed by fans Wow. If they were if they were heels, and it was almost like a badge of honor if you didn't get too stabbed. <laughs> That's like wow, <laughs> I convinced people so thoroughly that I'm real that they want to kill me. So kayfabe, there was a handshake 
that you did if you were in mixed company and you did a certain handshake and if they shook your hand the same way, then you would know that they're in on it and then you could talk more openly. So when did you get to be in on it once you started being a pro wrestler? Yes. Yeah. And at some point they take you into a into, into a room and they're like, okay, <laughs> now you have to say the Goonies pledge and then, and then and we met, teach you the handshake. Cindy and, uh, <laughs> and now we all use, I don't know, the, the familiar form of, of you instead of the formal form and then and, and you're inside. Well, when you were on the inside, what was your gimmick? Were you a baby face, a heel? You know, everyone has to have a, a thing. What was yes. your thing? So baby face are the good guys and heels are the bad guys. And, and you can have a turn, which is when you turn from one to the other and in some big dramatic moment. I was mm-hmm. a baby face because I was young looking. I mean, I was young. I was 23. Were, but 23. 23. But I looked young, too. I, I, I always look kind of younger than my age. And I had long blonde hair. And I wasn't, I'm not sure I could be a very good heel at that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was a baby face and I was Heather McMasters and I was supposed to be Scottish and I wore a plaid leotard. Did you speak in a Scottish accent? <laughs> do you think I did? No. <laughs> I can't do accents. <laughs> you, you especially can't do Scottish. Scottish is oh, hard. No. I can't do any <laughs> accents. No, no. <laughs> Not at all. Um, my theme song was um, the Highlander theme song, for the Queen song from the movie. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. How many How many matches did you, were you in total? Well, not very many. So first I was in like a local match. Then I was in a boxing match. Oh. Yeah. And then I was in another match and then I was in my last match so I was in four matches but you have to train a lot like I spent a Mm -hmm. whole summer I think I don't remember how long it was but I spent a long time just training how to do these things because I was training um how to do regular like American U.S. style pro wrestling and also I trained with um a Puerto Rican luchador and their style um like a masked that it's like a Mexican style where it's very high-flying a lot of acrobatic, um, cool moves, and they wear masks. And I didn't have a mask, but I was training to do that because I was one of the people that could in the group. Because before this, you had a you had a background in athletics. You, you did martial arts. Right, yes. Yeah. So I'd done martial arts for a while. My dad had a dojo, a karate dojo, and also we did judo. And I was training for my black belt when I saw an ad in the newspaper, just an ad in the newspaper, a classified ad. I think I was looking for a job or something like, maybe I can get a better job than I have and used to look in the classifieds. And it was like wanted professional wrestling, especially women. And so I was like, well, I've done acting. I used to do musical theater and I've also, I'm pretty athletic. I do martial arts. I'm like, I should check this out. And it's really not that hard if you want to do it they'll take you. <laughs> <laughs> how, uh, how was, the tra- I mean, wait, how dangerous it, was it the is training? hard. It's hard to do. It's just, it's hard if you're do. willing to do it, they'll take you. I think. What was the training? Like, was it really difficult? Like, yes, there dangerous? was a ring and it was, yes, <laughs> it is dangerous. Pro wrestling is dangerous. Um, my trainer, she, Liz Chase, she had a ring set up outside in, on her property she would train us and we would have other people who were pro wrestlers come by and train us in different things. Like <laughs> one time we just had a guy come and train us in how to kind of like stall and catch your breath. 
So hmm. you just kind of lock up and you do some back and forth kind of moving around and different ways to like, so you can catch your breath or talk to each other or slow everything down, not just moves, but like how to slow it down in the ring so you can spread out the amount of fighting you're doing right so then and have pacing. it take a lot longer yeah right. and that guy was a smoker so it was real funny because <laughs> he really couldn't do that much he had to slow it down because he had bad um you know lungs from smoking so he like puts you in an arm bar with one <laughs> arm and with the other arm he's uh, he's smoking <laughs> <laughs> and then we had the luchador come and taught us how to do um different flips and like kind of flying through the ropes or how to like use the ropes to do some cool acrobatics and, Did you have uh, a favorite yeah. move or a signature move or anything? Um, I hadn't really gotten to the point where I had a whole signature move, but since I was doing more of the luchador track, that would be something I would come up with. So I don't have a good answer for that. I had a move I wasn't <laughs> good at. Oh, what was the move you weren't good at? The one that I wasn't good at was one where you, I grabbed them either like, upside down and drop them on what it would look like their head but it's actually like their shoulders because they pull their heads mm -hmm. in and I land and I'm holding them to my body and I drop onto my butt or I could drop them onto their butt just depending on I'm holding them but I have to from a standing position you kind of jump up holding them and then you land right on your butt mm -hmm. and I just couldn't make myself land on my butt I thought like I was gonna hurt my spine or something mm. and so I just kept grabbing my like stopping myself from doing it over and over it was like some weird mental block I had well, I feel like that would hurt your spine <laughs> like are you supposed is your back supposed to be vertical or are you like bent over to absorb it or because if your back is vertical you're just compressing your spine when you land yeah I do mean, you think they cared if you were they don't care very much. No, it's dangerous. It is dangerous. And they're not going to, it's like, if you care too much, you're not going to be able to do the things that you're doing. I had someone do a uh, move on me, Psycho Sybil, when we were, we were training for the, the last match I did. Um, and she dropped me on my head incorrectly. And I, my neck made a sound. And then I was just laying there on the, on the mat. And I was like, I'm going to try to see if I can move my toes. Like, I hope I didn't just get paralyzed by this lady who was acting too dangerous. She was really trying to stay in character all the time. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I was, I, I didn't break my neck, but um, people do hurt themselves badly all the time because you're doing kind of crazy things with your body. It's dangerous. And I ended up, that's why I stopped as I got injured. What was the craziest match you were ever in? Well, it was just the last match. Um, the one that I trained for um, with Psycho Sybil, a girl whose name was, whose character was Riptide. And her name is Angel Orsini, if you look her up. And we were the baby faces and we were going up against Psycho Sybil and China, who at the time, her name, she was going by her name, Joni Lee. But she very quickly after this match, she went on to become China in the Quite WWF. Famous. Mm -hmm. Very famous. Uh, she's like, I think, she just has such a great story of how well she did in professional wrestling. Yeah. And I'm feeling like that was a lopsided match. I mean, with China <laughs> oh, yeah. there, oh, yeah. I mean, that's like, that's like that time that Kobe Bryant and Smush Parker combined for 83 <laughs> points. In the game. Yeah. So I was fighting Psycho Sybil and she liked to um, juice. She would cut herself with a razor blade. So it looked like you made her bleed. And so like you could hit her with something 
and and then like or push her head against something and then she would seek you know when you're not looking she would cut herself with the blade head wounds bleed a lot but aren't yeah. necessarily actually that yeah, but dangerous I've, I've seen older wrestlers with their foreheads all scarred up yeah Ooh, that's good. yeah it's not good it's not good and uh so, so she she also had like this is in the mid 90s she had a tongue piercing which was like kind of like oh a tongue piercing and <laughs> and lots of tattoos so she was always going to be a heel and i fought her and then angel was mostly fighting Joni lee china but then i came back into the ring and i hit china with a chair because that's the only okay. way yeah you did even though i was supposed to be a baby face so that's quite you know is that really a good baby face move but they had throughout that match been cheating been pulling us off and been making the referee not pay attention to when we were doing things like maybe pinning them and so finally enough is enough little baby face heather mcmasters got fed up and just had to hit china with a chair (laughs) i feel like professional wrestling is long overdue for video replay (laughs) and a team of people in new york to watch and and catch these Things that, I mean, you know, violations are, that the refs miss. The refs are constantly looking in the wrong direction. I think they just need better training, to be honest. I mean, come on. Come on. They, yeah. yeah, Was yeah. It... They need to be held accountable <laughs> for the accuracy of their calls. I agree. Was it a was it like a wooden chair, like a metal folding chair? I'm thinking about that part metal... in Ranma where where they're doing rhythmic gymnastics yeah. and they like grab like a guy on a chair and hit, hit each other with it. Yeah, it was a folding chair. And... um folded it up and hit her with it and then we were wrestling outside of the ring as you do when things get crazy and all the heels came down and then all the baby faces came down and we had a big rumble that was inside and outside the ring and that is when I tore all the ligaments off my ankle and it's like the worst sprain I guess you can have because your ligaments aren't attached anymore and I had to be carried away and uh, then by the wait time, what? Wait, 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 wait. Is it because you had a heel turn? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then by the time they, I healed, I was just not interested in doing pro wrestling anymore. But you still um, had like involvement with pro wrestling after that, right? I did. I got hired uh, by CBS. Um, they had a website called Sportsline. And I got hired to be their the producer of their pro wrestling uh, webpage, and we had writers who would watch all the shows and the pay per view, and it would be WWF, WCW, ECW, any pay per view, any local shows, and then they would send it to me with photos, and then I would put it all. So I was like a web content producer for CBS for pro wrestling, but I also did interviews with uh, pro wrestlers. And I had to watch all the pro wrestling that was on television <laughs> just so that I knew that the writers were writing the correct thing. And so I was watching like 20, I don't even know, 16 to 20 hours of wrestling every week. Oh, wow. Man. So you were really know. up to date on all the drama. <laughs> yeah. And the was... whole time you were at Sportsline, who would you say was the cutest guy in the office? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, there was yeah. this one guy. He Objectively. Worked over... <laughs> he worked over. No, don't be objective. <laughs> Say what I want to hear. He worked over at the basketball and NASCAR sports area, a computer programmer by the name oh, of Brian. Yeah, he was hot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, weird. You can't say that. <laughs> but I actually have some stories 
where I met pro wrestlers before I was pro wrestling when I was just a fan. Yeah. Yeah. One time we were at a match down in South Florida. That's where I live. It was very early Owen Hart, who's part of the Hart Foundation and the Hart family of Canadian wrestlers like Bret Hart and um, Jin the Anvil Neihard, who I think is married into the family. Anywho, it was an early Owen match, and I didn't like him at this point. And I started up a chant, <laughs> Owen sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how <Ooh>. creative. <laughs> how long did it take you to come up with that? Um. Oh, like 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Um, so I started up this chant and then the Jim, the anvil, he liked it and he started chanting it along with me. And then he came out nice. into like, I mean, it was with me. And then he came out into the audience and like sat in front of us and did some chanting. And one time I stole the intercontinental belt from Goldust, <laughs> who is the son of Dusty Rhodes. He was having a fight. Gosh, I can't remember who he's fighting. It might've been Owen Hart. I'm not sure. Anyway, he took his belt off. And he, he hit Owen with it, and then it got thrown to the ground. And I was in, like, the front row or the second row standing, and it was just on the ground behind this, like, low fence. So I just stuck my foot under the fence and put my foot on the belt, and then I pulled it underneath, and then I grabbed <laughs> it, and I held it up in the air. <laughs> Did they make you like, give what? it back? No, then someone else took it from me, and it got passed all around. Where everybody held it up in the air, and then whoever had it last, I think they got thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of worked out fault. the best for you that it could have <laughs> yeah and one time i met ole anderson um yeah there's just in sting he's a wcw wrestler there's different you know you go to events and then you might meet people at a bar afterwards or just you know don't you have another piece of memorabilia from a pro wrestler well yeah but that one i bought uh, online to for something that he was doing. Um, Mankind has this character Sako. So Mankind and The Rock used to be in a relationship. It was, it was heterosexual, <laughs> I think. But <laughs> Mankind, what does that like... mean? Wait, please explain <laughs> what that means. Well, Mankind like loved The Rock and would do anything for The Rock, and The Rock was like kind of trying to teach him. I don't know how to become like a normal human. <laughs> <laughs> and Mankind had a sock that he would talk through named Sako. And so one time uh, I saw that Mankind was selling Sako's that he had signed online and I bought one. So I have a Sako. Yeah. Well, you're you're not only a big fan, but you're also part of the legacy now. I mean, you actually wrestled China and you were, you know, Yeah, I hit her with a chair. daughtered into the legacy of the fabulous Moolah, who also has an interesting legacy herself, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, so I never met Moolah, but later on, but she trained my trainer and she trained a lot of women. That was once she, um, she was like the, the champion, like the women's champion for a very long time, like, I don't know, 26 years or something. And at the same time, I think she was also training. She had her own stable of other of like women wrestlers that she trained or that were trained under her tutelage, under her name. And then I was watching this TV show, or maybe I just looked it up online, but there's a TV show if you like wrestling, which then if you do, you know about it. It's called, it's the dark side of the ring. But Mula is accused, credibly accused of like pimping out or, or like uh, trafficking some of the girls that were, she was supposed to be training to male wrestlers. And that that was part of the deal also mm. that if like, oh, well, if you want time to wrestle, then you have to have sex with 
some people that I'm telling you to have to have sex with, which is terrible. And maybe one of the reasons she should not be in the wrestling hall of fame, if that's how she was behaving. So the whole thing, Zoe, one of the reasons I decided not to go back to wrestling is because it was pretty skeezy and it's a lot of people who are, I I think there's probably some really great people. I'm not saying at all that for wrestling people are, are skeezy or something, but there were some elements that were not good when drugs were involved and partly because a lot of people were in physical pain. Although I think drugs are dangerous conditions in general. And I think people, any athletes are in a lot of physical pain and some of them turn to drugs to deal with that pain. Yeah. Um, Some of the people I wrestled with on that big match where um, I met China, uh, one of those people, she's actually really famous. Her name is Luna Vashon and she is also a very famous pro wrestler. She traveled all around the world and she's really um, well known in WWF, which is now called what? WWE? WWE. Right. And, and WCW. And she was actually friends. She came from a wrestling family, Luna, and she was actually friends with Andre the Giant. Wow. And she trained under Fabulous Mula. She actually was a backup girl to like someone who followed, like came to the ring to Shawn Michaels, who is my favorite. Wow. Um, so she was one of the people. I, I have a picture of myself with her and China. She she died of an overdose when she was only 48 years old, which is how old I'll be later this year. <laughs> and so China, she died of an overdose when she was 46 years old. Wow. So wow. Um, Liz Chase, my trainer, she died not from an, when she, it's weird to think that she died when she was 45. And so she was That's younger than you are now, younger wow. than I am now. Cause she seemed older to me because I was only 23, but she died during a plastic surgery procedure. Um, wow, that's scary. Yeah. And different people really had different kinds of hard times with drugs and just the hard life of that. And I was like, it just doesn't seem like this scene I want to be involved in. And maybe there was a different scene that I could have been involved in, but yeah, it was not good. And plus it's, it's, you get hurt. You probably weren't unique in getting an injury that bad, but you just decided like, maybe it's not a hundred percent worth it. <laughs> yeah. And some I was people on... just get injured like that a lot and oh, yeah. go through. I, I don't know where it would have gone with me, you know, like if I would have ever been, you know, like in a big time or anything like that. I was with people who were, and I was, the next step for me was to go to Libya because I guess they like their pro wrestling and then to go to Japan who loves pro wrestling. And then I guess once I'd had enough training and stuff, it would, we'd see where it it went. But um, one of the people I trained with who started the same time I did, you know, she ended up doing a lot more like sexual things, not, Mm. not, um, mud wrestling but like in um media that was like wrestling media but it was more about the sexuality of the female wrestlers right and like needing to get breast implants that was a terrible kind of time in the 90s and early 2000s i think pro wrestling is much better for women now as far as what i see it seems like it's much there's much more equality and the athleticism of the women is you know more important than just their bodies but i i never feel like oh i wish i had just tried to keep her wrestling because I think it would have not been good for me for my body or 
like my mind really. Although again, I'm not saying it's for every, that everybody who's in the industry is having some kind of problem, but I saw a lot of it. Right. Well, you were able uh, to use your pro wrestling skills and knowledge to help me out at one point in high school because oh, I yeah, was right. um, <laughs> I I in junior year I directed um, a production of Shakespeare's As You Like It, which has a a big wrestling match near the beginning, and um, I wasn't sure what to do for it, and then I was like, oh well, my mom. <laughs> would absolutely know how to choreograph a a wrestling match because it's not just about like the moves. It's all that stuff you were talking about. Like, what do you think you, you know about like what makes a good pro wrestling match that you were able to use to help me? Well, sure. The, the baby face has to lose a lot in the beginning to get, you know, the crowd kind of on their side and the, the heel has to do his heel work of like, you know, doing all the dastardly things that can turn the crowd against him. And so that then it's exciting when the, uh, the baby face comes back at the end. And, you know, there's times, you know, it's like, Oh, we got his his shoulder down to the mat one, two. And then he pulls his, you know, his shoulder up. Oh, and it depends if it's the heel or the baby face doing that, you know, it's just creating a whole emotional roller coaster of who's going to win and what's going to happen to them. And, and, and the drama of the relationship worked mm-hmm. out with cool moves. Everyone likes the cool moves, but the relationship and what's happening to it during the, the match, it's like a little mini movie or a little TV show, the whole thing. You know, it has to have all those all the same beats. Aren't there like in the whole, you know, in WWF or WWE, there's like long stories, right? It's like, oh, you kidnapped my wife and now i have to you know like it's like soap opera oh yeah long because they have to come up with like oh the good guy's gonna turn bad for a time but then we gotta get him back to good or whatever right and come up yeah. with all these crazy that's the part that makes it so funny to me that people really genuinely thought that all of that i guess was real oh well, man i was beside myself when the macho man turned against hulk hogan and the superpowers collided <laughs> I mean, yeah, you get invested in the characters. Sometimes real stuff did happen. Like there's yeah. a thing called the Montreal screw job where Bret Hart was supposed to win and they didn't tell him and they took it away from him. And and sometimes people who were dating characters who were dating started got married in real life and stuff, Aww. you know. There there was real stuff. And like I said there are people who were who were stabbed. in character. Oh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> by fans because the fans really really thought it was real um my my luchador trainer he was stabbed by a fan wow yeah and he showed me scars they take it pretty pretty hardcore over there yeah Um, i I guess if you think that like this is a real athlete that i like and you know he's getting screwed over and actually having bad things in his life happen to him because of this other person you know, if you think that's real, you'd get really incensed, I imagine. But also there's like a character like The Undertaker, whose point is that right. he's kind of dead and he has magical <laughs> powers that can make him come back to life. Like, I, mean, I believe there's in just that so too. many funny things. Like, there's a guy named Jake the Snake. I don't know if we'll leave all this in, but who would just take a big snake out of a bag that he carried and then put it on you once you were 
That's like, what she said. He would always knock you out and then put a big snake on you. Oh, no, and he had a big rivalry with Andre the Giant, who was deathly afraid of snakes. Right. And they, they, they simulated wow. the scene where he put the snake on him and Andre the Giant had a heart attack. <laughs> and Bobby Heenan is like climbing up on him doing CPR and stuff. And uh, like they, they just, they, they made all of this happen. Yeah, there would be sounds... people who really would play, they would really play out like, I mean, you watched Glow, Zoe. Yeah, the TV how, show. How Not, accurate vibe wise was Glow? Um, it's worse than that. It's more. <laughs> it's <laughs> maybe real life just, is worse than Glow. Yeah, maybe if you were just working with those women in in LA, it was more like Glow. But my situation in South Florida was a little. <laughs> Uh, not as not as a uh, like girl power as that per se, but you know they would play out things like there's Russians you're fighting Russians during the 80s right. and then like the Americans would come in or or you're fighting um, you know the Iron Sheik oh he he's rich he has that oil money you know <laughs> and we gotta then we'll have hacksaw Jim, Jim Duggan come and beat him up with a two by four like an American <laughs> like stuff like that <laughs> very or like just like racialized or. I think no. a lot of a lot of times my favorites were the uh, uh, the stereotypes that weren't good or bad, but just weird, like like hacksaw Jim Duggan or the bushwhackers, or uh, that was a stereotype of weird or Australians. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't <laughs> like right. it didn't get into like a political good guy bad guy like Iron Sheik or uh, 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 Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov and, and and that kind of thing. Yeah, it, it was just like, well, here's some weird characters and they're gonna fight. I like the ones that are like old ladies, you know. <laughs> yeah. Do you have Do you have any other anecdotes you want to share from behind the scenes things that people might not know? Cover a know. lot I of might ground. Have, I might have said everything. Uh, you know, we may not ever get another chance to interview about your your journalism. Uh, so, very briefly, uh, could you tell us about the time that you interviewed King Diamond? Oh, sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah wow i almost think i was a wild child um when king diamond is like a death metal guy from denmark he did these concept albums that i liked about like haunted houses or possessed children or things like that and he sung in this really crazy falsetto voice and he wore makeup like kiss and i just really liked him um because i don't know you know i was going through that phase and so I really wanted to talk to him. So I pretended. How, how old are you in this story? <laughs> I was in high school. <laughs> so I was in high school. I was like 17 or 16 or something. I called the, on a tape of his I had, or, or a CD, you know, talked about like who produced the album. And so I contacted them and I said that I was, um, a, I had a music magazine like a school magazine that was about music and I wanted to interview him for my magazine I didn't have a magazine at all I wasn't a journalist <laughs> I would have loved to be but I just lied and said that I did and they got me an interview with him and so wow. I interviewed King Diamond and I just asked him whatever for your personal gain <laughs> yeah and I recorded it on a tape and I wish I still had that tape but um, I just asked him what I wanted to know. And I kind of tried to be a journalist, too. I was like, maybe I'll write this up and turn it into something. <laughs> maybe this is the first interview of my new high school music magazine, my music zine. Um, 
So I just got it's to very that movie with Beanie Feldstein. Yeah. So I just asked him, you know, whatever I wanted to know, and I talked to him for a long time. And uh, yeah, but I guess I just was a liar, who was <laughs> or a go-getter, really depending on how you think about it. Yeah, I mean, then you became a journalist. So I did. I was a journalist. Really lying a in hearts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for asking me that. Well, thank you so much um, for making the time to come on to this humble podcast. <laughs> thank, thank you. Like Film Fam, inspired by true events? Subscribe to hear more stories that inspired our favorite films. For photos and links from the show and other shenanigans, follow us on Instagram at filmfampodcast, on Twitter at filmfam underscore podcast, on Facebook at filmfam inspired by true events. If you have any questions, comments, corrections or films whose inspiration you would like us to explore you can email us at filmfanpodcast at gmail.com thank you heather thank you brian thank you me and thank you all for listening see you next time bye bye, bye. <laughs> i said thank you me thank you me <laughs>